the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. Smooth like butter, sweet like honey. Looks so good like she made of money. She's blonde, five foot two, and 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. It's all mine, babies, especially hour two here of tonight's Andrea K. Show. We had some technical difficulties on last hour, but y'all know my man, DJ Skins. He worked it all out like he does every night of the week. And glad to have you guys <laughs> He's waving at me. Glad to have you guys with me for hour two. We're going to spend a little bit more time on the eve of the primaries, talking about some key races here in San Diego and beyond. And... Um, that leads me to my next guest here. He's actually running for sheriff here in San Diego County. And one of the things that we learned during the times of COVID, even before I know everybody's talking about gun control right now and what that means for sheriff races, but we got to also remind everybody what one of the things that we learned during COVID was how important our local officials were. With the midterms, typically we tend to focus on less on local races and more on congressional races and presidential races. But we need to be looking at these local races, in particular the sheriffs. And we've got a sheriff candidate here in San Diego County um, named Jonathan Peck. He threw his hat in the ring a little late, and there might be some reasons behind that. And so I'm excited to have him on the show tonight so he can share with you who he is, why he decided to run for sheriff, and why you should vote for him. And it's Jonathan Peck, and he joins me now. Hi, Mr. Peck. Thank you for being here tonight. Hi, Andrea. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, um, appreciate you running for office. Look, I celebrate anybody that's willing to do it because it's ugly, it's nasty, it's exhausting, expensive, and these days, it's just a, a really difficult thing to do. So why? Why run for sheriff? I am running because, you know, people I really respected in my community approached me, and they had already looked at, you know, the sheriff's candidates that had entered the race. And what they found was that there was no one who really represented them. And because they knew me, they knew that I represented them. And they, you know, they told me, hey, you're eligible, can you do this for us? And I realized that I really couldn't come up with any reason to say no that wasn't, you know, a selfish reason. And I decided, hey, you know, I got to do this. I got to be there to represent these people who have no representation in this race. Now, why uh, do you think you were approached? Let's let's have some straight talk here because the reality is, because I've heard from a lot of people, there's a Democrat who has been a deputy sheriff, I guess, that um, even is getting some support from um, some Republicans. There is a Republican candidate um, that named John Hemmerling that I've had on my show. He seemed to say all the right things in terms of support for our Second Amendment. Um, but there's a lot of people that say that he's not the real deal, that he's not conservative and um 
and that's why you ran. So um, I think the night before the primaries, uh, tell everybody why you're the right person over John Hemmingling. Because let's be honest. I mean, isn't that what, what the decision is tonight for everybody? Yeah, yeah, that's a decision everybody has to make. And, you know, the difference is I'm constitutional, so I'm going to follow the Constitution, and I don't believe there are gray areas in there. Like, I don't think, you know, you can declare an emergency and all of a sudden suspend the Constitution for, you know, say two weeks, you know, just until we get a hold of things. I think that's a slippery slope, and I believe the government has no right to do that. And there's no one else that's going to say this in the race that I would absolutely you know, use the position of sheriff to prevent public officials from suspending your constitutional rights, which are God-given rights, but guaranteed by the Constitution. Well, I agree, because, you know, it's it's not enough that somebody um, actually be pro-Second Amendment. I want somebody who's actually going to be pro-Constitution in all ways. And I was particularly disturbed how sheriffs across um, America in general were willing to go and be the jackboots of tyranny on people because of a virus. And I don't care whether or not just because a governor declares, you know, you know, seizes control over people's lives or tries to doesn't mean if it's not constitutional, then I would expect our law enforcement leaders to push back and say, we're not going to we're not going to enforce a law for you that that is unconstitutional. And um, I mean, here in San Diego, we had you, you couldn't you know, you, you couldn't sit on a beach, but you could walk on a beach at one point. It was absolutely ridiculous. You could go and congregate in a Walmart, but not in a church. I mean, it was insane. You could you could go and eat a meal in a strip club, but you couldn't go into a restaurant. It was insane. And I'm concerned about that happening again. We already have a push for masks to go back on kids in schools. Um, they have not given up their plan to have us on a dimmer switch, as Gavin Newsom described, where he could just take our freedoms away at any moment and give them back to us at any moment. And, you know, I'm looking for everybody that I that I vote for, whether sheriff, Congress, city council, et cetera, that they they vote against that kind of behavior. Well, let's be real. It was so successful last time that they're guaranteed to do it again. So we need somebody in there who will use the independent office of the sheriff to say, no, we're not going to do that. It seems like everyone in law enforcement at the top has, you know, they they work for somebody else, whereas the sheriff is supposed to work for the people. That's why it's an elected position. But they just, you know, they just fall in line with the orders from, you know, Sacramento or Washington, D.C. or wherever they come from. And they're not treating it as an independent office elected by the people. Right. Let's talk about your background. We're talking to Jonathan Peck, who's running for sheriff here in San Diego County. Tell us about your background. Yes, I'm 19 years in law enforcement. My first five were up in L.A. County, so South Central, all the you know, the fun places you see all the gang movies. <laughs> yeah. uh, I had a great time there. I wouldn't want to go back. Um, then in 2008, I came down to San Diego. I worked you know, from the Takati point of entry in the East, you know, Southeast County, all the way up to uh, the Orange County line, out to Riverside County, all over the county, working, you know, closely with sheriff's deputies, um, currently up in Ramona. So, yeah, I have a pretty good idea of, you know, what's going on in the county. And I, I'm working with deputies every day. I talk to them. So I know kind of the concerns within the department, too. Okay. Um, what command experience do you have because that's one of the justifications for debbie martinez i think that she's had this command experience in the past i'm not sure what that means um i do yeah. think it's important to have kind of executive experience kind of like if you're going to vote for somebody for governor you like to think that they've managed something before some large enterprise but what command experience do you have so if the way you look at law enforcement they promote followers not leaders 
So once you climb that ladder, you're doing it because, you know, you owe people favors and everything. So that's why we really end up with followers at the top who take orders from, say, Gavin Newsom or, you know, the Board of Supervisors. I've been a patrol guy. But, um, you know, during COVID, I was the leader in the state. I was the first one to start fighting the COVID measures. And, you know, I went ahead and had everybody else follow me. I helped write uh, religious exemptions for everybody. Um, you know, I was writing them for, you know, helping write them for people in other departments. I helped write them for a nurse at Rady Children's. And so I'm a leader in that way, but not as far as climbing the ladder in these government, you know, systems where now you owe somebody something. Right. When it comes to command, I'm less interested. I think that's a, the kind of thing that somebody can learn, right? Um, you know, they, they, we don't hesitate in the U.S. government to throw somebody who's got no experience in transportation in as the, like Buttigieg. He was mayor of some little tiny town, and next thing you know, he's head of transportation. So why, you know, I mean, there, if there's an infrastructure there with staffing and processes in place that are well documented, I'm not concerned about whether or not somebody's commanded a department before. I'm more interested in whether or not somebody understands and appreciates the u.s constitution that's what's most important to me right well, um now, so you know the most important thing for the sheriff now after the last couple of years is to say what we're not going to do to the people you know yeah yeah <laughs> exactly one of the things we haven't talked about is what you would do to your own people in in the department there has been a mandate and it's not going to go away um ultimately with these shots i think it was the sheriff in in was it riverside county who said i'm not going to I'm not going to enforce the mandate of shots because I'd lose, you know, 5,000 people on my force. So um, I, so you're saying you're not going to enforce un- unconstitutional mandates on the people, but what about the force themselves? No, I'm completely against any kind of mask uh, testing or, you know, vaccine mandates. And I think that should be a personal choice. You know, if you feel like you need those things, absolutely. But if not, you know, we have no power over your body. You know, we can't, that's, it's your God-given body and, you know, that's your choice whether or not you want to take these medical interventions. What about red flag laws? Let's talk about that. Uh, it violates the Second Amendment. So what will you do as sheriff? What will you do? So let's say they come and they, the, the state legislature comes up with these red flag laws, then what? What do you do? Uh, you just say this will not be enforced in Santa County because we will not violate the people's Second Amendment rights. Well, that's pretty straightforward. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's what the Second Amendment says. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think and, 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 you know, it's so it's so interesting and refreshing having a conversation with somebody like yourself. That's just it's just it actually is really common sense and straightforward. You know, the, the left and other people like to use all kinds of wordsmithing and all kinds of, you know, um, um, twisting and pretzeling on words in, in order to justify trampling the Constitution. And it is really simple. The Second Amendment shall not be infringed. We have a problem with crime uh, across the country, but it's cultural, in my opinion. And, you know, um, we had laws on the books in California that you couldn't go in and steal in a store. And then all of a sudden now they decided that up to a thousand dollars is okay for you to go in and steal. Um, you know, we, we've had guns in society and now, and so then what happens? We, of course, we've got smash and grabs and everybody running in and robbing everybody blind all day, every day, right? Um, you know, I grew up in the South. 
Jonathan Peck, where, you know, um, kids would roll up and into school with loaded gun racks in the back. And you know what? There was never any mass shooting in a school because these same kids went to church on Sundays and were taught right and wrong and just, you know, weren't, weren't raised to devalue life. And, you know, uh, we didn't have a problem. So, um, you know, it's like the, I'm, I'm looking for more leaders to recognize that the issue is cultural. And therefore, the solution is not to take the rights away from law-abiding citizens. Can you speak to that? Yeah, we have a morality problem in this country. You know, that, that is what's changed. You know, we've, we've always had lots of guns everywhere, and everything was fine when we were a moral country, but now that's sliding. And, you know, we see it everywhere with, you know, everyone's out for themselves, and they don't care about, you know, their neighbor. And, you know, we're commanded to love our neighbor as ourselves. But, you know, when people don't believe in that, we start to see it degrade and they don't care. And then, you know, they start violating other people's rights. One of the things that has been really tough for me the last two weeks is this story out of Uvalde, Texas. I have been beside myself and I'm maybe you can tell me that I'm wrong about these police officers. But every every everything that I've read and the more I read is that they there was there was an attempt to cover it up. But the reality is 19 Law enforcement officers stood in a hallway while children were murdered. And not one of them has lost their gun or their badge. And I'm even having trouble believing the official story because I don't know. I don't know five guys in law enforcement that you could keep from going into that classroom, whatever order, you know, their higher up gave. So I have a hard time believing that those guys were there and just didn't go in. Like, I can't I can't even fathom anyone I know in law enforcement doing that. But yet it happened. There's even video of them outside in in not in riot gear, but practically in riot gear, holding families back as the school district was sending messages to parents that the school's in lockdown, staff and children are safe while children are on the phone with 911 multiple times in the classroom with the killer. And they're keeping parents from going in. Um, this is it's actually documented at this point. And what's shocking to me, and I know that this isn't a part of San Diego County, but, you know, there's something really broken in our society. If there is ever any police department and sheriff's department to where they're in a hallway, not going in to protect children. No, that's, you know, your first, even if you're not in law enforcement as a man, your first you know priority is protecting children. And so just, you know, it's, it's unbelievable to me that that happened, and it's just so sickening. It is. And then I found out today that the school board has decided that they, they you know, they, don't, they voted that they don't want the police chief to lose his job. And, you know, when, when there is such a movement right now to defund the police and take money away from law enforcement and to paint law enforcement across the board, sheriffs and police department as a bunch of, or, you know, systemically just looking to, you know, kill black people in the street, um, you know, that's horrible. But in the same token, I think there, we need to make sure that there is it, it, that whatever's going on with our police, that they're held accountable. And I'm concerned with this. With, this is not the first school shooting we've seen where we've got armed people outside too scared to go in. No, and it's, you know, it comes down to maybe we're recruiting and hiring the wrong people. You know, maybe we're recruiting for the wrong reasons or we're not going after, you know, maybe the more military-minded guys that would do the job better. 
Well, and that brings me to why I'm bringing this up to you, because I've, I'm concerned that there's a culture that has developed in our law enforcement to where they're scared to go in. They're scared to go in maybe because they're, they don't have the right culture that their job is to go in and face bullets, or maybe it's because they've been too scared because um, they're, they're scared to, to get involved or, or how they might be sued or held accountable down the road. How, do, how can you well, as a leader address those concerns? Yeah, there's always a fear um, of if you're the next person on video looking bad, you know, that you're going to get sued and your department's not going to back you up because that's what happened in 2020. Um, You know, and a proper leader needs to go out, you know, even when it's not politically, you know, beneficial, a a good leader of law enforcement needs to go out and defend their people when they're doing the right thing. And because that didn't happen in 2020, you know, a lot of people have left law enforcement and, you know, it's hard to recruit now because it's not a job anybody really wants to do anymore. Well, um, final thoughts from you. What do you want to, what do you want the listeners and the voters to know about you in this race before tomorrow? I just want everyone to know that they have an alternative. I'm not a politician at all. I'm sure you can tell that by the way I'm talking. I'm not trying to start a political career. I just see a problem that I'm trying to fix. And what I care about is what kind of world my kids or grandkids grow up in and the the direction we're going it's not going to be anything near as good as the world i've grown up in and i think we owe that you know to everyone to do everything we possibly can to make their future better and that's just not happening right now well jonathan peck thank you for coming on the show tonight and thank you for running for office and i just appreciate your you know being willing to do that and 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 god bless you and thank you for your service and all that you've done so far for san diego county thank you andrea thank you god bless you you too all right now y'all stay tuned we got more to talk about we're going to take it back to texas did y'all hear about the drag the kids to the Pride Parade-a-thon that happened down in Texas. We're going to share the details with you, the ugly details. When we come back, this is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170. The Answer, San Diego. AK, Dynamite and Address, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, don't call her fake news. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. <laughs> I can't even be serious trying to tee up. This I have clip. to tell you, I much prefer you laughing than the person we're about to play. <laughs> this is your daily dose of creepy Kamala. Soon to be, the Democrats are trying to figure out with the crazy poll numbers and how bad the situation is. They're trying to figure out their 2024 like, play. Uh, yeah, but yeah, literally, the Hill is reporting tonight that they're trying to figure out. What they're going to do because they're in, the White House is in a panic right now. They're bleeding out. Staffers leaving all over the place. They're looking at 2024. And this is who their numero uno contender is. Clip one. And I know that each of you is up to this challenge because you are the mayor. What the huh? I don't even know what she she was obviously at some meeting um, speaking at a group of mayors. That's where she's been reduced to. Right. The vice president of the United States. I mean, Mike Pence was all over the world meeting with leaders of all over the world. I'm not a fan. He was doing important stuff. Right. I'm not a fan of Mike Pence. But dude was serious and dude was taking taken seriously. Okay. 
Condoleezza Rice, as Secretary of State, was all over. Remember when Muammar Gaddafi was it? Muammar Gaddafi was talking about he just just had such a crush on Condoleezza Rice and talked about how beautiful her legs were. I mean, men all over the world were crushing over Condoleezza Rice. She wasn't even the vice president. <laughs> Kamala Harris is now going to like Rotary Club meetings. You <laughs> are the mayor. <laughs> With her cackling. Oh, my gosh. We have much. If we have a country left, we have a great opportunity in 2024. You know, everybody always talks about 24, 24. And I'm like, if we get there. Right. If we get there and they're doing everything that they can to try to while tomorrow is all about trying to smear January 6th, the, this production tomorrow night, they're trying to use this January 6th as a way to continue to smear, tr- trying to stop Trump from being able to run for reelection. They're trying to smear 75 million MAGA voters as insurrectionists trying to launch a coup attempt. You know what, real, real quick, Andrew, yeah. you talk about uh, you know it, trying to stop Trump from winning, because I think they know that if he runs, even if they cheat in the way they cheated last time, I think Trump can still overcome that. I really do. Well, I think that between now and then, while they're trying to figure out who they can put forth in 2024, and they, what I think they're wanting him to do is stop saying that he's going to run again. I don't think they're ready to pick who they want to run in 2024. I just think they want Joe Biden to stop saying that he is. They've got plans on things that they can do. They want to pack the Supreme Court. Um, and there's a push right now. Uh, Mike Lee, I think, has a book out it, 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 trying to educate the American people on why we need to stop them from expanding. Save the nine, I think it's called. Um, we know um, uh, that they want to uh, they couldn't get H.R. one passed. Right. So they which was, would have centralized the elections. There's a lot of things they're going to try to do between now and November. There's a lot of things they're going to try to do. Even if the Republicans take over the House and the Senate, we will still have Joe Biden in the White House. Um and we also so there's a lot of things they're going to try to do in the meantime, like pack on the Supreme Court. And there's also um, things that they're continuing to push for in the long game, one of which is to get rid of the Electoral College. At the open of the show at six o'clock, I talked about I played that clip from from um, uh, Eric Holder. And him talking about, oh, the Republicans are the party of apartheid. They're trying to push using the minority to try to push their agenda, their minority, their agenda, which is reflects the minority of this country. And it was basically all lies meant to justify and excuse repealing and getting rid of the Electoral College. And so I want to play this clip for you guys from clip four. And as we go into the primaries, one of the things people don't even know. What, you know, the Electoral College is, you know, um, what it's meant to do and the value of it. Of course, we don't teach it in the schools. Um, But let's play this uh, clip. This is Representative Jamie Raskin talking about getting uh, that the Electoral College is an undemocratic relic of the early Constitution. Clip four. I mean, my very first bill I introduced as a state senator in Maryland was for the national popular vote interstate compact. Um, So again, I speak only for myself here um, and, uh, you know, totally apart from all of this, I've taken a position that the Electoral College is an undemocratic relic of the early Constitution, just like uh, the state legislature's selection of U.S. senators, which is something we got rid of in uh, 1913. 
with the 17th Amendment, just like the exclusion of women from voting, which we got rid of um, in 1920 in the 19th Amendment. So, um, you know, we didn't start out with Lincoln's beautiful vision of government of the people, by the people, for the people. We started out as a slave republic of white male property owners, but it's been through social and historical and political struggle that we've opened America up. But we do still have what I think are some obsolescent uh political institutions in the country and certainly some obsolescent political practices. Um, those are things that I think we need to address, whether it's in this context or not. Um, Democrats are so great at weasel speak. Um, um, getting rid of slavery, allowing women to vote has nothing at all to do with the way our country was founded, the way it was set up, the system on which this country was founded. Allowing, you know, women should have always been allowed to vote. And by the way, where's my reparations for that? If we're going to pay reparations for people that were oppressed or suppressed at some point, and didn't have any rights, where's mine? But you know what? I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested in payback for something that happened a long time ago. That that wrong was righted by allowing women to participate in the system. You don't change the system on which this country was founded. It's absolutely brilliant because the Electoral College, without go, having to go too deep into you know a civics class here, and of course we don't teach civics anymore. They don't want the people to understand the value of this, that this is about inclusion. The Electoral College makes it possible for little states like North Dakota or little uh, North Dakota or Iowa, it, would, it allows areas, less populous states to have a voice in the system. I think I heard somewhere earlier today on Salem, Andrea, that if California majority people voted blue, voted Democrat and same thing in New York, it would not matter what happened in the rest of the country. Right. To, to abolish the Electoral College would be a way for them to deny votes that at the same time that they want to claim that what the that election integrity attempts through things like voter ID or that you um, uh, to abolish these or stop these mail-in ballot practices just um, other than trying to get a voter ID I mean really the Republican Party has allowed our our, uh, our elections to be completely corrupted so the Democrats what do they have to complain about right they were effectively allowed to steal the election it's documented in 2000 mules it's also documented with the polls um, the polls that were corrupted where we had 50,000 people ineligible to vote who voted in the presidential election in Arizona we had the state the state Supreme Court in Pennsylvania rewrite election laws all of that is unconstitutional right the election was stolen in 2020 It's been documented. You would think the Democrats would be happy that they pulled all that off. But no, what they got to do is have this January 6th show tomorrow night to try to declare that anybody who dares to question what they did in 2020 be considered a domestic terrorist. And if that doesn't work, their backup plan is try to get rid of the Electoral College and all under the phony guise of we've got to be inclusive. Well, no, what they want to do is exclude everybody that might actually want the Constitution to be in effect. This is, this is the ultimate coup attempt. This is the ultimate insurrection. This is the ultimate theft permanently of the United States election system. And everybody who goes to vote tomorrow, whether it is for the sheriff's office, whether it's for city council, whether it's for judges, it doesn't matter what the seat is for. Everybody should go out. Every, what I recommend you do if you're in San Diego County is go to Freedom Revival 2022 and look at their voter guide. And that will tell you everybody that you should vote for. One of the things that the Republican Party did years ago was to allow 
a judges to not have party affiliation. And it can be really difficult to know who some of these people are and what they stand for. So there's some really good voter guides out there uh, for you to go and get the information. We must look down at the local level because one of the reasons why we're in the mess that we're in in this country and we are in a mess is because Republicans and conservatives, most of the time, if we do bother to vote, it's for the midterm elections or for the president, and we don't even look at the local offices. And we also need to be doing things like Cordy Lee Williams and Jonathan Peck and being willing to run for office. Um, so th- we, that what they are going to try to do with this Electoral College, by the way, um, it really would need, would require an amendment to the Constitution. But if they think that they can pack the courts and do it through executive order, or pass it through if they think because my understanding is is that they can actually change through an administrative if not executive order that they can actually change the number of those on the court i think they might be waiting past the primaries to see if they can do that and they might try to pack the court between now and the midterms and then they can try to push through get rid of the filibuster and push through everything they want including hr1 and stealing our elections going forward so we tonight before these primaries, wherever you are, especially if it's here in California, we've got to do our part. And if it, and if you've got the time, that includes not just voting, but it includes working polls, getting on the phone, asking your friends if they voted. Um, I want to read quickly to you before I take a break. Something that happened to somebody, a listener who voted today. I got this email um, this morning and she says, voted today in person, took my mailed ballot in, marked up with notes, names crossed out as simply my notes. Well, you can't take two ballots in, I was told, told to take pictures of it, but she wanted to collect it. I wouldn't give it to her. I tore it in half, shoved it in my purse. Still, she wouldn't let me go in. I took it to my car, went back in and voted. Uh, guided through to the exit, I first went back to her, told her, if there was any concern for voter fraud, that dipstick wouldn't be in the White House. Well said. And then I left. Voted a day early because I'm tired of elections being called before they could possibly be counted. So thank you for voting there. Um, all right, we're going to take a break. We come back. Have y'all heard about this drag the kids to the Pride Parade event going on in Texas? I'm going to tell y'all about it. Gird your, gird your loins and your stomach. <laughs> and then come on back. This is the Andrea K Show on AIM 1170. The Answer, San Diego. Andrea K telling you like it is, all while eating a donut. The Andrea K Show on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. I, I, want, I want Skins to play this clip. I'm not sure if the audio really um, kind of comes across as to what happened here um, in but Texas. I think you can describe it because we watched it together today and it's disgusting. Well, I want to share with everybody what, what happened. There was some event in Dallas that was actually publicized in a neighborhood that, of course, we've got Pride Month going on right now. And, you know, it used to be Pride Day and then it became Pride Week and then it was Pride Month. And next, next, before we know it, it's going to be Pride Year. And, and isn't it Pride Year where, because it, when we have schools and, um, all day, everyday schools, libraries, um, et cetera, all shoving the LBGTQ agenda down our kids' throats, um, all, you know, all day, every day. Is it not already Pride Year? I don't understand why. And let me tell you, you know, I have friends that are lesbian, gay, part of the LBGTQ, um, you know, community. And um, so before anybody accuses me of being a bigot, 
I will, first of all, tell everybody what I've told them personally, that your movement is not about civil rights if it seeks to take the rights away from anybody else, first and foremost. Number two, when you start going after children in any way that involves anything related to sex, I don't want anything to do with you. I don't care who you are. I don't care whether you're straight. I don't care whether you're gay. You're a pervert and you're a pedophile, and I don't want anything to do with you. And what I don't understand is why if if this is, you know, we have been hearing for years, the LBGTQ trying to normalize, we're, you know, we, we're trying to remove the stigma. We don't want anybody bullied. We want people to feel safe about being who they are. Why is there such an element of perversion sexually as part of the movement? Why is it? That if, if, if the idea is that you want people to think that you're no different than anybody else, well, let me tell you, I'm not aware of, um, I, I, I'm not aware of parades. Like when we have 4th of July parades, do we have people running up and down the street naked having sex in the middle of the street? Look, I know the stuff that goes on in Mardi Gras. I've been to Mardi Gras more times than I've probably ever been to a 4th of July <laughs> celebration. Um, um, but let me tell you, I, I've never seen two people having sex in the street, and certainly I've never seen it in front of children, and I've never seen children dra- brought, dragged into anything that was related to a sexual activity on the streets of New Orleans, including the French Quarter. Children in the French Quarter are not brought into bars. They're not allowed. So what we, had go- what we have going on in this country is we have a movement that is not what's going on right now with this LBGT. This is, this is pedophilia. It's perverted and it's preying on children and it needs to stop. And what's and uh, Texas, I've described many times as I'm tired of hearing people talk to me about Texas is so red. Texas is so red. Well, explain to me how this neighborhood in Dallas, um, the, all these this neighborhood was preyed upon with all these signs up advertising, drag your kid to Pride Week. Little kids going into a bar, a dance club or wherever these drag performers perform. This is an adult venue where children are supposed to not be allowed in. And parents actually brought their kids to this. And there's a video online. You can see what's going on um, in this. And we're going to play the sound for you, but I don't think it really conveys what's going on. Skins clip three. Even without seeing the video, what does that, mu- what does that music say to you? And the kids are watching that with yeah. people in front of them doing things they shouldn't be doing. Right. So that music, you can tell even just by hearing that music and the clapping and the cheering that there's a performance going on, right? Some kind of performance, right? Almost sounds like what might be happening at Pacers, right? San Diego, y'all know Pacers? I hadn't been in there, of course. Those kids might as well have been in Pacers. What's the difference between these kids being sat down as grown men or in thongs gyrating sexually in front of them and taking dollars from them? What's the difference about between them? Oh, because the the women at at Pacers might not have their top on. That the only difference. This is perversion of the worst possible kind. It's so perverted. That it's criminal. And quite frankly, there should be an investigation into every parent, aunt, uncle, whoever it was who took those children there. And if you watch this video, you see the, the, the children that were old enough to be, you know, look, you know, old enough beyond toddler age because there was actually children in diapers there. 
That and, and when you they got, look freaked out, they look completely freaked out, completely, completely as well because they are. And then under the idea of, well, we need these LBGT kids to, to, you know, to embrace who they are. There's not a kid in that room that was, first of all, no, but no kid in a toddler, no kid in diapers is like, oh, gee, I'm so glad I'm here because these are my people. I mean, that's insane. There's this one video, this one girl, she looks like she's five or six in this little dress and she's handing out a dollar to this, to this, I started to say stripper because what's the difference, Right. Uh, to this drag performer and the look on her face it's like she was only she didn't want to be there she's she's being she's being sexually harassed preyed upon and forced to participate in something that was inappropriate and sexual it's child abuse wouldn't it be if you had wouldn't it be considered that if you sent your child over to a play date and the dad came out in a thong and started gyrating around and the, some straight dad started gyrating around uh, kids, little girls, and, and the, the mom was given little girl dollar bills to hand to the, to, to the dad. Would that not be considered illegal? In general, let's let's getting back to these pride parades. Tim Young um, retweeted uh, uh, with comment uh, a tweet from some organization called Fatherly that gave a caution and it said pride parades and the pride festivals that follow are noisy and crowded. They're filled with sites that may be new to kids like public nudity and kink. So is it appropriate to take your young kids to pride? Why are you even asking that question? Of course it's not appropriate. And what is wrong with you that you're out in the streets? That should, that first of all, anybody doing that should be arrested. What's wrong with you people that you're doing that in the streets and doing it in front of kids? You're not going to get any sympathy from me as a movement when you're preying upon kids. You can do whatever you want to do as an adult in the privacy of your own home, but you don't force people to participate in it and you don't do it to children. Tim Young said, isn't it very illegal in every state for an adult to expose themselves to a minor? So to my gay and lesbian LBGT friends out there, can you please explain to me why you think this is okay? Why is this okay? We've gone from tolerance to validation. You either agree with me and, and what my beliefs are in the system or something's wrong with you to now force participation and not just force participation of adults. Three years ago, it was, well, um, this baker was, was forced to bake a cake or um, be sued, now we've got children being forced to participate in the LBGTQ lifestyle, including drag shows. This should be illegal. We, first of all, it should, I think it's already illegal. These children already shouldn't have been, wasn't against the law when they were brought into a bar. And by the way, if you look at the video in big neon letters, it's not going to lick itself. I'm going to take a break. We come back. We might have to get into Why don't we have some laughs and talk more crazy? What did AOC say? <laughs> She's got the Latin community, the Hispanic community is kind of upset with her. We're going to talk about that when we come back. Andrea K, bringing the world a much needed reality check. 
You're listening to The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. A little easy listening music to take us into our final segment on tonight's Andrea K Show, which is good because I, I get so upset when it comes to children. Y'all know uh, before the break we were talking about this drag your kids to Pride Week drag show in Texas. I feel so bad for those children. And y'all know I just that's really where you really want to make me angry. You start messing with children. I'm still not not over this Uvalde school situation. Um, but why don't we end tonight's show having a little fun at AOC's expense? We don't talk enough about AOC anymore these days. The left is kind of the Democrat Party's kind of done everything that they could to marginalize her because she's really not quite an asset. If you're going to do a balance sheet, the debts versus the de- the debts versus the assets, she I think she's in the debt column, and there's no greater example than um, her. <laughs> Um, she's gotten into some hot water with the Hispanic community in pushing this LBGTQ stuff, right? Um, uh, Because the the Democrats have decided to completely ignore, and under as part of their cultural Marxist movement, they've decided to completely ignore the Hispanic community and their rather conservative beliefs in some areas, which includes their belief in general as, as a community that there is male and there is female. And they're not about this um, non-binary, I can never remember the rest, planetarium, I can never remember the rest of the letters. Um, <clears throat> but it being Pride Week, AOC is just has no um, concern over what the community is really all about. And so she said this, and it got her into some hot water. Please play clip two. Also in the spirit of Pride, I wanted to have a note on gender inclusivity in Spanish language People sometimes like to make a lot of drama over the term Latinx, but even before Latinx, people were trying to do this like an at to have the A and the O together. Gender is fluid. Language is fluid. <laughs> Latinx. I hate when people try to throw in some like accent in there in the middle of it as though that's somehow going to make it go, uh, you know, that pill go down easier for the Latina, uh, Latina community. Right. Um, she's accusing people of creating drama around this as though she, you know, she didn't say anything out of turn that was offensive to the Hispanic community, but she wouldn't have had to go on the record. She wouldn't have had to say anything or she wouldn't have had to try to, you know, clean up the comments if she didn't realize that the drama has been um, created by her. Um, There was actually a poll that was done recently. Um, 40% 40% of respondents said the term Latinx bothers them and 30% indicated they would be less likely less likely to support a politician who used the term. So she is not uh, in uh, the, and this is just goes in line with everything we said on tonight's show. Whether we've been talking with uh, Jonathan Peck about uh, the sheriff's his sheriff's race and gun control or and covid tyranny and covid you know crackdown tyranny and fascism or what, talking about Cordy D talking to uh, to Cordy Lee Williams and his run for Senate. That's so much about um, where we're at in this country is less about Democrat versus Republican and more about just common sense. You know, it's common sense, male versus female. How are we even having this conversation? Because the left 
you know, at the top of the show at the six o'clock hour, we played that Eric Holder clip and he's trying to he's trying to assert that the Republican positions on things are the minority positions that don't reflect where this country is. And it's just gaslighting. That's gaslighting on steroids. Whether we're talking about transgendering children, whether we're talking about uh, the transgender issue itself, that gender is fluid and there is no male or female is nonsense. The majority of the American people do not believe in that. The majority we, we didn't have time to get into it. We will on tomorrow night show. Um, there is the largest migrant caravan on its way right now to America, and they're not wanting to talk about it. Why has the border czar Kamala Harris never gone there? Because the common sense is that the majority of the American people do not want this open border. They're trying to they're doing this January 6th thing tomorrow night because they're trying to direct the attention away and openly saying we've got a narrative now that we can turn people away from the economy because the common sense is there is no American out there that is on board with them trying to force people to buy expensive electric vehicles or put them on a bike because they can't afford the gas. There's absolutely nothing about the Democrat Party and their agenda that is in line with the American people of any community, whether it's the Asian community, the Hispanic community. And, and I don't even I don't even like all the identity politics. Americans, the American citizenry, those that were born here, those that became naturalized citizens of all ages, makes and models and stripes are not wanting these Democrat agenda. And it's reflected in the polls. And so they're trying to change the conversation. But we're going to keep it going tomorrow night. We are going to talk about this migrant caravan that's on its way because it's it's a continuation of the Trojan horse. And trying to change this country. We're going we're gonna to also give you primary results tomorrow night. We're going to try to bring you some coverage of what's going to go on with this January 6th uh, show tomorrow night. It will be interesting. The, this Hollywood director has been bought in. He's going to do uh, live stuff mixed in with pre-taped stuff. It sounds like they're going to try to turn this January 6th committee into some kind of academy awards presentation and i can't think of anybody better to come and talk to y'all all about it than congressman andy biggs out of arizona so he will be here and hopefully you will be too keep the conversation rolling the comment line 24 hours a day 844-814-5227 peace out Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.